0: Welcome to the Saturday Night Live After Party. This week, we'll be discussing Season 46, Episode 7 of SNL with host Jason Bateman and musical guest Morgan Wallen. I'm Katherine Coleman, and I'm joined this week by John Murray, as well as New York writer, actor, and comedian Lanny Harms. You can connect with Lanny on Instagram at Lanny Harms. And... If you'd like to connect with us, you can do so at snlpodcast.com. Enjoy these selected highlights from this week's discussion, and if you'd like to watch our full-length, ad-free, sketch-by-sketch review, you can find it exclusively on Patreon and Subscribestar slash SNLpodcast. It's our supporters who make this show possible, and we are so thankful to everyone who's already come on board. All right, here we go. So after a month-long hiatus, SNL came back swinging with a strong host, plenty of holiday cheer, and some good meta fun. But uh, before we get too far into uh, the show, let's introduce our guest this week, Lanny Harms. How are you doing? Hi, I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. Hi. (laughs) Yeah, we're thrilled to have you. I know that you are a fantastic comedian that's just all over the place in the New York sketch scene. But why don't you tell us a little bit about your cred and what, what gives you the right to critique Saturday Night Live?
1: (laughs) Sure. Oh boy. Um, I did a lot of sketch comedy at the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater in New York. Um, I trained in sketch and improv there and I was on a few uh, house teams there before the pandemic happened and the theater shut down. And uh, since then, I've been doing like my sketch teams have all stayed intact. And we've been doing a lot of shows on YouTube and on Twitch, which has been a lot of fun. I host uh, Sketch Cram, which is a huge all in one day sketch show that we do once a month. And that's a ton of fun. I've also directed for Boogie Manja, which is how I met Catherine, which was very fun. And they've also been doing shows on Twitch. And my uh, sketch team, After School Snack, has been doing monthly shows. And we also. So we're a house team at UCB, and now we're an independent team doing our own thing.
0: But uh, of all those projects, do you have anything coming up that our viewers can check out? Your uh,
1: your stylist, yes my after school snack sketch team has a show on December 22nd. Um, this fall we've been doing monthly shows for all of like the holidays as like the Halloween, Thanksgiving and we have one coming up in December for all of those December holidays. So that'll be on December 22nd on our YouTube channel and you can find that at um, we actually have a URL afterschoolsnacksketch.com.
0: Yeah, awesome. Well, I can't wait to check that out. Well, I think we have some patrons to thank, right?
2: Yes. Yes, we do. Uh, a couple new patrons came on board and we're very happy to have them in the mix. So shout out to Katie Spooner Hansen from Fargo, North Dakota, as well as Jordan Peterson from Beaumont, Texas. Uh, we love all of our patrons. We thank everyone that chooses to support the show because that's what makes it possible. And so thank you for our new patrons and to all of the patrons that continue to support us month over month. It looks as if someone has left a um, a, a a menstrual period stain, okay, on uh, on one of the couch cushions. It's sort of big.
0: Megan once again finds herself creating havoc at a sleepover by trying to cover up an accident she had on the couch. So, John, this recurred. <laughs> did you think it was good to see it recurring? What did you this, think?
2: This is the one that you're gonna have me lead off on. <laughs> I yep. so have nothing to say about this. Um <laughs> I was just hoping that you guys would take it and run with it and I could just come in at the end and be like, ditto. But uh, to answer your question. I love to
0: ruin your plans.
2: Yeah. I don't usually want to see a recurring sketch out of the gate, especially one where mm-hmm. it literally is beat for beat what we saw before. Right. Uh, they did not reinvent anything with this. It didn't go to any new places. You even have the same solidarity moment where all the girls stand up you know, mm-hmm. to, to back up Kate and then she throws them under the bus. Ah, uh, This, this is awkward for half of SNL's audience. The other half I'm sure maybe can, you know, find some fun in, in maybe relating with weird situations from their childhood. That's not me. You know, this is not for me. So I will accept that whatever <laughs> you guys have to say trumps, whatever I have to say, but I just am always squirming. And for the second outing of something that I've seen before, I didn't get much mileage out of it.
0: Mm-hmm. I think that's fair. My first thought was, Oh, I, I really liked the first one of these. Mm-hmm. It didn't strike me as a recurring sketch, though. So I was interested to see what, what they were going to add to it. And, you know, it's a slightly different scenario. Last time she clogged the toilet. This time she stayed on the couch. So, you know, that was interesting. And it's always fun to see what new crazy things, uh, Megan's going to do to cover up her accident and, they added sort of this thing in where she's into the dad that was fun, but we've seen that done better
2: by eighty though
0: this is true, yeah. <laughs> but uh ultimately, like I don't feel like this added a ton to the original right. outing, but I had fun with it, so I'm not getting to a point in the show where I'm like, oh, this is just gonna be mediocre. I'm still feeling pretty good and thinking, yeah that was fun let's let's see what's next, sure, so Lanny, was it a
1: win for you? No <laughs> um. <laughs> I'll just say my opinion right away but i same with this one i didn't know i did i missed the first version of this so i didn't realize it until after i had watched the episode and was kind of looking up on like your notes and everything that like oh this was a recurring so then i went back and saw the original and i think that that one did hit pretty well mm-hmm. but like mm-hmm. what you're saying john like this was a beat for beat exact same sketch yeah. And before I even went back and looked at that other one, I was like analyzing what went wrong with this particular sketch. And I was like, since I had no idea about the other one, when Jason Bateman came out and started telling that story, I was like, oh, this is a really fun use of Jason Bateman's uh, deadpan straight manning. Mm -hmm. And I thought what was going to happen was that he would just continue telling this really crazy story as it escalated more and more and more. And we could just have it be a fun showcase of him doing that with their reactions Mm. and then, like, just let the story speak for itself. And Mm -hmm. then Kate could come in at the end and that would be a a lot more impactful. And so, like, that would have been a really funny sketch that I would have enjoyed seeing and to have it just Mm -hmm. be a Jason Bateman vehicle. Now, knowing that this was actually a Kate McKinnon vehicle the whole time, because I really (laughs) felt like the energy just depleted Mm -hmm. once she got there. It's like, Mm -hmm. okay, now we know who did it and now we know that it was her and she's going to act coy for the rest of the sketch. And now we're forcing in a threesome and it it was just just that felt like a grab to like try to make something funny because the sketch wasn't funny yet. So let's add another layer of something weird. So, yeah, I felt it was uh, in the ending where they all like get together and like say, no, it was me. It was just like, well, this is sloppy and weird. So, yeah, I I, again rewatched the first sleepover. I thought that was a successful (laughs) sketch.
0: In the first one, if I remember correctly, there is longer before Kate enters or am I remembering?
1: Okay. No, you're right. I did. I rewatched it and it, it, the other thing that works so well about it is that it starts in a very grounded place of just like mm-hmm. clogging the toilet and then doing sort of those things that you normally do when you clog it, adding a bunch of toilet paper and then adding the weird stuff onto that with the duct tape mm-hmm. and then with yeah. the with the matches and stuff. It was it built in a very like mm-hmm. uh, pleasing sort of way, like in a very <laughs> satisfying kind of way. Right. This one, like she threw the cushion into the my washing machine right away. So it was like right. already this is a wild story. And there's nowhere to go after that,
2: right. Lanny. You yeah. just proved your worth. That was incredibly <laughs> astute, and I agree with everything you just said.
1: All
0: right. Well, yeah. I think we've covered Megan pretty well. So let's get into our first pre-tape stew, which is Eminem's "Stan," but with letters to Santa, with a cameo from none other than Eminem himself. So, Lanny, did this one, you know, lift you up? Was this one a bigger win? I think it was a bigger win. I have
1: notes. (laughs) So I just think I, I, the, it was a pretty decent Stan parody. Mm -hmm. Stan was 20 years ago. So you're uh, like, you're going to have the question of why are we doing this now? Mm -hmm. And um, I don't think they were successful in answering that. But if you have Eminem saying he wants to do this, like, great, make it work. Um, But like, I think that the, The thing I would have wanted to see from this sketch, it's Stan, right? Or Stu, I guess, writing Mm -hmm. into um, Santa's workshop. So if we wanted to really make this parody, like, work, you know, as an evergreen parody, then have it be, like, mapped more closely onto the original Eminem song of, like, him being obsessed with Eminem and wanting to be Eminem. Now he's running to Santa Wouldn't he do that Mm. same behavior, obsessed with Santa, wanting to be Santa. The PS5 kind of felt like, is this a backhanded commercial for a PS5? (laughs) Is he a grown up who like doesn't know that, you know, he hasn't let go of Santa or whatever? Like all of these questions didn't really get answered for me. And it was just it just kind of felt like we weren't going anywhere and I didn't see heightening in any way. So, it, Mm -hmm. mm, yeah. I ended up just thinking about all the ways I would have liked the sketch to go <laughs> differently because I do think that the lyrics were well-written and I right. think it was well-executed and well-performed and well-shot, but there's just content-wise, we really could have made stronger choices. Fair
0: enough. I thought this was brilliant. Okay. I, I loved it. Yeah. Let's have a back I, and forth. <laughs> I thought it was a pretty inspired choice, actually, to take Stan but make it Letters to Santa. Uh, I guess for me, because I grew up in the time that that song was popular, I didn't need a ton of context. I was just fine to roll with it. So I just was, as soon as we see Pete walking down the stairs with a bleached chair, I was like, oh, yes, I'm here for it. I'm ready. <laughs> and then they came with some pretty well-written verses, and like that's not easy to do. So props to Stephen Castillo and Dan Beulah. They wrote it, and I thought did a pretty phenomenal job, you know, nailing those verses in that parody. I thought Pete actually came through with a pretty breakout performance. I'm not always the biggest Pete fan, but he really did a great job on this. And I mean, this sketch had everything and had Bowen as Elton John. We got <laughs> uh, Kate doing who, who is in the original Dido. song. Dido. 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 And, um, and, and Pete doing good. We got Stan. I was, I was having a really good time with it. I thought this was really amazing. So, so John, be the tiebreaker.
2: Am I I the tiebreaker? I'm actually going (laughs) to split, I'm going to split the difference because I agree with you, Catherine. I think that this was an inspired idea. I think Mm -hmm. taking Stan and reappropriating it with a a festive theme already, you know, you've got something to work with there. The letters, you know, that that's already kind of the structure of the video, the back and forth. Um, So, I liked all that. And you know, I had enough context for Stan to know what I was seeing. Um, the big thing that I thought was a, a real win for it was the rhyming structure, that complicated Eminem rhyming structure and how beautifully they were able to, to follow it and, and make lyrics that sounded organic and, and well-developed. Like it doesn't sound like they were shoehorning in words that just syllabically shouldn't work. It just, it, it It felt good musically. Mm -hmm. So it had a lot working for it right out of the gate. And then we get about halfway through and I felt like the joke ran out of steam. I love Bowen and I love Bowen as Elton John. I I thought there's a, a really fun visual there. And I think in another vehicle, Bowen as Elton John could make hay. But in this, it didn't feel like that did anything wonderful for the sketch. I didn't think it said anything new or took the joke to a new place other than we've got an impression and we're just going to throw it in. Cause we need to pad this out. I felt like right around that point, it was out of steam and they needed to mm-hmm. figure out a more, uh, elegant way to either take it somewhere new or get out of it. Um, so I, I, feel like it, it's kind of like a flawed masterpiece. Like there's a lot of brilliance here, but at the same time, it's not perfect. Cause I do feel like mm-hmm. I, I do feel like they just started to meander there a bit.
0: If you want to see our full sketch by sketch review, Search for SNL After Party on Patreon or Subscribestar.com. Let's get into our overall ratings and thoughts. First up, we have Moment of the Night. Lanny, what would you
1: say was the moment? Oof. Moment of the Night. I. Geez, I'm just so stuck on Pete Davidson getting hit in the face with the kid. I don't think I laughed that much. And I have to say, I don't hate Pete Davidson. I don't want anyone to think. And I know he's going through a lot and you know, he, yeah, whatever. I really liked that moment. I thought it was a really strong blackout. I thought it was the strongest blackout of the night and mm-hmm. I, I belly laughed and wasn't expecting it. I'm going to go with that. Yeah. Uh, any moment that, that really gets you going and, and just gives you that
0: hearty laugh is a, is a fair thing to pick. Mm-hmm. I I had a sort of a couple things. I was thinking maybe Mikey getting rolled over, but I think if I have to truly pick a moment where I got thrilled, it was when we saw Pete walk down the stairs with the bleached hair, and I said, oh my god, they're doing Stan. I, I was so excited from that moment just to see where the sketch was going to go and if they were going to be able to hit the height that I was hoping they would, and for me they did, so That moment just blew me away. John, what's your moment?
2: Sometimes I think a joke that bombs can be a moment. Uh, (laughs) We had one of them tonight. We had Jost trying to get over this joke about how a beaver moon appears roughly a month after a waxing moon. (laughs) That is clever. That is really clever. (laughs) And it got no love. And even Che, I think, you know, had to like. Jab him a little bit for how how that died, um. But I thought, you know what? That's you would think a joke like that is easy to find, but no, that's that's clever. And I just mm-hmm. I thought it deserved more love, and I laughed <laughs> at it, and I just think that because it got no love, I've got to give it some love. So that's my moment.
0: Fair enough. I I liked that joke, so I'm here for mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's do our best sketch, Lanny. What was your
1: favorite? Ah. Uh, I, I think I have to say the, um, killed the bit. (laughs) I don't know. Like I, I know I didn't even like really rave about it too much in our reviews, but like (laughs) thinking back, anytime a sketch ends in a surprising place, uh, that's, that's all I'm really looking for. I can forgive a lot of a beginning of a sketch, um, because if, if, if I know that, especially as, uh, the, the person making the sketch knew where they want to go, like, That goes for any kind of art, like any TV show, any movie, any song. If you know where you're going to go by the end and you can achieve it, I'm always very impressed. And Mm -hmm. I think that was the one that was the most uh, airtight for me. Yeah, I
0: think. Very good. I don't think I'm going to surprise anybody by saying that Stu is my (laughs) best sketch. I've already watched it like three times and shared (laughs) it with some friends. I think it was just such an inspired choice and it was really well executed. So. Here we go. John, what can, was yours?
2: Well, I can respect Stu. Uh, it's not my choice, but my choice, I got to go with Brian kills the bit. The second they get to the chorus and it's kills the bit, kills the bit. I knew that I was digging what Kyle was <laughs> laying down. And uh I think the visuals really sold it. Like to be able to peer in the mind of this, you know, insecure boob and see his happy place. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, the sad clown is, it, it, it just, it, they're visually, it's so rich. And, uh, I just, I don't, there was just more that was resonating with me in, in that quick little piece than anything else we saw tonight. So I gotta, I gotta hand it to that.
0: All right, man. Y'all are really into that one that I straight up was <laughs> just like, it wasn't for me. <laughs> <laughs> and that's Each what makes own. the show so great. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
1: All right. Well, the MVP, who is it, Lanny? Cecily, I think i mean i I was she was the only one when I think back to the whole show who like stood out the most, even though she didn't do anything that was necessarily like new for her or um surprising I just it, it was nice to like see her and be reminded like why she's so great because i I don't know, I just always feel like for someone who's been around for so long. I still don't really understand why she's not like in movies and like mm-hmm. being the the leading lady of like a whole bunch of stuff that I think she deserves.
0: I think Cecily's a good choice. You know, she's been she's been gone this season shooting a show and I was thrilled to get her back. So I think that's a that's that's a very solid choice. I'm going to go with Pete because I think he had a really good night. Obviously, I loved Stu. He I think he did a really amazing job in that. But then he also had a, a pretty good Weekend Update appearance, and in the bit, he did a, a good job with it. You know, Pete's not always the strongest actor on the cast, but he, he played that little wholesome moment saying, like, Brian, it's okay, you don't have to be funny, mm-hmm. really mm-hmm. well. And I was impressed with, with Pete's chops there for a minute. So I think Pete was pretty present in this episode and had some strong showings. So MVP to Pete Davidson for me. Respectful choice.
2: Don't <laughs> forget go that Pete's with? been uh shooting Apatow flicks when I he's know. not doing SNL. So um his writing chops, his writing chops, his acting chops have certainly improved in mm-hmm. his tenure on the show. I think you make a strong case. I was, I was torn. I, I think there's a case for Cecily. I think there might be a case for Heidi. She was in a lot of stuff, yep. Um not okay. necessarily stealing scenes, but she, you know, for pure volume, I think that she had a good showing, but yeah, you know what Pete, he didn't misfire. Everything he did was super competent. He he was Stu. Like I bought him in that role. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, you're you're right. He didn't. There there was he wasn't normally. He's giggly and he can derail a live sketch really easily. Uh, and some of his stand up is a little half baked, pun intended. Um, so <laughs> yeah, to see him kind of in top form and just I don't know looking healthy. Uh, sometimes mm-hmm. that's enough. Yeah. Yeah. Pete. Pete was doing good work tonight. I'll give it to Pete too.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It seems like Pete's in a good place recently. So that makes me happy for him.
2: Yeah.
1: Good trip, Pete. We're rooting for you. Even though I like seeing cans growing <laughs> in the face. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. Well, on a scale of classic, great, decent, weak, or train wreck, Lanny, how would you rate this episode? I'll
1: go with decent. I would, I mean, yeah, I would say decent. I was like not wowed by anything. Mm-hmm. So I don't think you could make a case for it being a classic episode. Um, and um, I I thought, like, there was a lot of strong premises in this sketch. I don't... Uh, in this show, I don't think that they um, necessarily, like, fulfilled a lot of the promises of those premises for the most part. Um, and that is a little disappointing. So I'm, like, I'm a little teetering on saying it weak. But, um, but I was genuinely surprised and set, had, like, actual laughter, which... <laughs> I've done so much sketch, I really hardly laugh out loud anymore when I watch it. So anytime I do, I'm going to like, you know what? Props to you. I'll give it yeah. a decent.
0: Very good. I think I was warmer on this episode than both of you. And I've, I feel like it was a great. There mm. were a couple sketches that I thought just didn't have anything going for them. A few that just weren't for me. And then some other stuff that was middle of the road. And a couple things that I really, really enjoyed. So I, I, I'm going to give it a great because at the end of the night when it went off, I looked at my friends and said, we had fun with that. That was a good time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what more can I ask for? So great for me, John.
2: Wow. Because after my first viewing, I'm like, that's an easy week. Uh, there was <laughs> there was way too many misfires. Tepid, cold, open monologue that, you know, built to something kind of satisfying, but was certainly not adventurous. Uh, solid weekend update, but really middling sketch fare and uh, a nice pre-tape at the end. And Morgan Wallen that just <laughs> to me, just, just, yeah, you, you, you got to knock a mark Let off not just, just Morgan for that. <laughs> yes. I already blocked
0: so, that out of my memory. So, so <laughs> yeah. I was,
2: I was thinking I was coming into this, you know, it, it was, it was sealed. There was, there was no going back, but. On second watch, I found a few more things to, to like, you know, when you don't have as much expectation of the show and you can just kind of focus on some of the minutia, there was, there was some stuff that was, uh, winning me over a bit more. And then after we hacked it apart here on the cast, I think it's just barely edging itself back up into decent territory. So I am, I'm going to land on a decent, uh, not a tops for the season in, in any regard and a musical guest that just really put me off. Mm -hmm. But, um, I, I like that Kyle stuff. And sometimes when you end the note end the night on a high note, you know, maybe that's just enough to pull it back up into mm-hmm. decent territory. So yeah, I'll I'll go decent.
0: Fair enough. So a a little bit of uh, you know, different opinions here, but overall it wasn't a terrible episode. And I think we're all just happy that SNL's back for another two episodes. So that's Absolutely. that. And Lanny, thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Thank you so much for having me. This was so fun. I love nerding out on sketches and deconstructing them and putting them back together and figuring out what we could have done better. It's what I live for. So this is right? great. I love it.
2: No, you also, held your own. You held your own. There was there was more than a few moments where I'm thinking, oh, this this chick knows what she's talking about. So uh, much appreciated. Your insights were were solid.
0: Thank you. Yeah, I've, I've got so, some notes, and I'm just like, all right, yeah, I need Lanny's going to have to direct my next show because. <laughs> <laughs> These are smart things. So it was great to have you. And tell us again where we can catch the holiday show.
1: Yes, After School Snack has a holiday show coming up on December 22nd, and that's going to be on our YouTube channel. You can find that at afterschoolsnacksketch.com.
0: All right. Well, I'm looking forward to it. And thank you again. And that's a wrap. Thanks to Lanny Harms and John Murray. And thanks as well to our most generous patrons, Sam Bowers, Neil Weinstein, Justin Gardner, Carissa Eubank, and Brian Clark. If you're enjoying our show, please subscribe on YouTube or wherever better podcasts can be found. Your subscription helps us grow and your support is greatly appreciated. We'll be back in one week when SNL returns with host Timothy Chalamet and musical guest, Bruce Springsteen, and the E Street Band. But until then, this has been episode number 122 of the Saturday Night Live After Party Podcast. I'm Katherine Coleman. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it.